0: Amen. So, good evening. Good evening, you all. Thank you all for allowing me to come and speak this evening. Um, I forgot when I came in uh, because it was, I was a college student a long, long, long time ago. And I don't know the young lady's name that met me at the door Alita. Where's Alita? There you go, Alita. That's her. She was so excited. She said, we got real food. I'm thinking like, is there any other kind of food other than real food? And then I remember, you know what? When you're in college, you just eat any food. So um, I think I ate top ramen and bologna so much um, that it's like, goodness gracious, and pizza, and like, and, and Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, man, I'm so glad that's over with. So... I forgot how excited she was to have real food, and so um, shout out um, to—I uh, forgot the name of the church that provided the food tonight. Uh, Carolwood, yeah, it's, it smells delicious. Amen. Um, so I'm gonna get some real food when I leave here. So I'm not gonna be before you too long. Uh, but but what I, what I wanted to do is—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a little different. I mean, the fact that I did not grow up in church. Um, we did not grow up in a, a household where God was mentioned, uh, where we prayed, where we sought after God. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was never anything remotely resembling anything associated relig- with religion in my life. And so I grew up detached from this God that I used to, and I'm, I'm going I'm to say this, I was God conscious although I wasn't in a relationship with him. So I was like, I knew God existed, but the older that I got, the more I realized that if there is a God, I'm not on the right side. And there's no way that he would be pleased with me. And so my senior year in high school, um, I, was, um, I used to be a pretty decent football player back in the day, believe it or not. I used to be able to move real quick. Can't move too fast now. As a matter of fact, I'm glad y'all didn't have to go up on stage because y'all don't have any rails up here to get on the stage. So I can tell y'all college students, because your knees had not started to give out on you yet. Um, And my my daughter says, Dad, you're so old. Um, I said, y'all made me that way. Uh, But we have five kids, by the way. And um, my senior year in high school, it was the last game of the year. And I, I got hurt. And I remember to this day, my mom, she came down to the fence and she told my coach, she said, coach, don't put him back in the game. And I'm sitting there watching my mom at the fence crying, telling me not to go back in the game. And all I can remember, I said, this is my last time ever getting to play high school football. I said, coach, please put him back in the game. And the very next play, I blew my knee out. And I remember standing on the sidelines, and I said, I said, now, and and this is, I said, God, if you are real, give me another chance to play football. He did. I went to school, went to college. Now, when I went to college, I went all the way to college. Um, I mean, all, all the way to college. And Unfortunately, I didn't do everything I was supposed to do. Uh, Me and my football coach got into it. I stopped playing football. Um, Once I left the team, I lost my scholarship. And so in 1999, um, I found myself dropped out of college. And the Lord started doing something in my heart. and I didn't know it was God at the time because I didn't grow up in church or so. I, you know when you when you're close to it, you kind of know what God looks like when He shows up. I didn't know what God was looking like when he was showing up in my life, and I remember one time in particular, um something happened, and I couldn't explain it, and a lot of weird things were happening in my life, and I couldn't explain it. and all of a sudden, something became very clear to me: God is real. I didn't have the words to package it. I didn't I didn't have the relationship or the history in church to know what that looks like. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to read a Bible. But this overwhelming sense of the reality of God started to set on me. And so I said, well, God, if you are real, I'm going, I'm going. And, and, and this is how me and God worked before I knew he was actually God. I'm thinking, God, if you are real then I'm going to do this. God, if you are real, then this is what I'm going to do. And so I said, I'm going to go to church. Kid y'all not. Um, The first time... Now, see, if you've never been in church, church is a scary place for you when you know you're not right. Um, And it was a very scary place for me. And so I was in church. I went to church the first time. And first thing, it felt like everybody in there was looking at me. It was a small town. There's more people in here than it was at the church at the time. And I'm sitting in there and I didn't know how the Holy Spirit worked at that time. And when my pastor was preaching I said, "My goodness." I said, "He knows everything about me." So I didn't know, you know, I was superstitious, I wasn't super saved. And so he starts talking I said, how in the world? And so I'm looking around the church, like, who snitched on me? I said, because nobody in here knows me. I'm not from here. So how do they know all my business? And I and I and I leave home, I leave the church and I go home and I call my mom. I said, Mom, I said, mom, I think the preacher was talking to me. I said, Mama, I feel like he was talking. She said, nah, baby. They get paid to make you feel like that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> True story, no lie. Um, and as I started to go to church, I remember the sermon that the Lord really saved me on. And my pastor, he preached, and and you know, my wife and I, she was my girlfriend at the time, uh, and she was she was pregnant. We weren't married. We were living together, and I'm I'm, I'm dropped out of college. I lost a good job because I failed a drug test, and I'm just at the bottom. Bottom of the barrel, and my pastor stands up and he preaches about this God, and he told the he, he told the story of Peter about this God that gives second chances, and I said, how in the world? Because that's not that's not the God I knew. I didn't know God, but every time I met somebody I was like you're going to hell, you can't do this, you can't do that, uh, you shouldn't dress like this, you shouldn't wear that. I'm thinking like. There's no way that this God I've been hearing about all these years would want me. And as I'm sitting there and I'm listening to my pastor preach on Peter, I said, man, I'm like Peter. I know what it's like to be disappointed. I know what it's like to let people down. I know what it's like to fail. I know what it's like to feel like, you know what? I, I, I thought I had a dream. I thought I had a vision. I thought that God wanted to use me for something great. I thought I was going to graduate college. I thought I was going to play football. I thought I was going to go to the NFL. All these things I thought, and it seemed like I messed them up or or somebody did me wrong. And, I, and I'm thinking, like, there's no way that God wants me. And I sat there and listened to my pastor preach on this God that wants us back. I said, all right, God. I'm going to try. If if, if, if if what the preacher is saying is true, because I was still kind of like, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit, and so I'm still kind of suspect, like, he's tapping my phone. Um, this was before social media, so he wasn't stalking me online. I'm saying, somehow or another, he's getting the inside scoop on me. Somebody's telling something. But I just, I just took a chance. I said, God, if you're telling me that you're the creator, and this is what I heard today in church, I was simple enough at the time to think that if this is what God says, that I'm going to go for it, and I did. And it's it's like at that moment, I it was a simple thing. It wasn't nothing major to y'all. It was to me. It was the world. It was something simple as like, Lord, just get me a job. I messed up. I got a baby on the way. Lord, just give me a job. I went out the next day. Every place I applied, they hired me. I, I, I left at the end of that day. I had just about any job I wanted. I said, okay. There's something to this God thing. Um. Over a while, my my, my, my pastor, he told me, he said, well, you know, you need to tie." I said, "Tie." I said, man, do you know we broke? Got a baby on the way. And I said, okay, God. I'm going to trust you. I'm a to I can't explain it. I don't know how it happened. My wife got a job that was like through the moon. She was making three times the amount of money I was making. And like, y'all, no lie, in the morning I would get up. I'm saying, hey, babe, you got to go to work. You got to go make this money. Here's your lunch. Like, like you, you can't be sick. You can't take a day off. Um, we need your paycheck. And it's like the Lord He provided, and and so I I had this habit of if I think that God is saying something, I started trying to do it. And you know we we left Kentucky because this happened in Kentucky. We moved back to Tennessee, and when we moved back to Tennessee, um, there was a I was at a church, and that was my first time being introduced to expository preaching because y'all, and when I say, just as a backdrop. We started going to church in March, first Sunday, like second Sunday in March. No, third Sunday in March. Two weeks later, we got baptized. So we got baptized on the first Sunday in April, in March. Two weeks later, I got called to preach. All of this happened in my life in like a five-week time period. Of the first time I went to church, then like six weeks later, I was called to preach. My wife and I were living together. Wasn't married. That's what the old folk call shacking back in the day. Um, she was pregnant, and it's like God just kept on breaking all these rules that I thought existed, and he was kind of showing me like, no, that's not how I want you to do it. And so when I went back to Kentucky, and my pastor, he was real spooky. When I went back, because he like he always knew. Like he just one Sunday said, the Lord going to move you. I'm thinking, well, why are you guys talking about me? You know, like, <laughs> like, what? like y'all ain't got nothing better to talk about to me. Um, and when I moved back to Tennessee, which is my hometown, I heard expository preaching for the first time, like real preaching. I said, so this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because the second time I preached at the church, my pastor said he was going to be gone. Y'all, no lie. Nobody came to church that Sunday. Like I'm not saying nobody like figuratively. I'm talking about it was me, my baby angel at the time. she's 22 years old, angel, the chairman of the Deacon over was there because he had to unlock the church. <laughs> nobody else showed up. You talk about deflating as being and I'm thinking, God, you called me to preach, and apparently I can't. And' so I heard about this thing called Bible College. And I said, well, Lord, I'm going to go to Bible college. And, you know, I said, because if if you're real, you're going to make it happen. And the Lord just put this overwhelming urge in me to go to Texas. And I was in a management training program at Walmart at the time. And I was at the top of the class. And there were three stores in my hometown that said, you can go to this store. We all have a spot for you. I was doing well at my church. The ministry was taking off. And and we would get some steam and things were happening. And I just heard the Lord saying, I need you to go. And I remember talking to other people. And I remember talking to friends and getting wise counsel. And something struck me that I said, I don't want to live my life like this. They said, man, I don't know if I could take that risk. I don't know if I could do that. And I'm looking at this guy, I'm thinking, you've been in church your whole life? Like, I'm new to the game. Like, you've been in church your whole life, and you're telling me you don't know if you can trust God? You mean to tell me that you 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 grew up listening of the stories about this God that that told Noah to build an ark? And you you mean to tell me that you know about this God that put life in Sarah's womb? You mean tell me about this God that gave David the strength to slay a giant? You mean to tell me you know about this God that walked on water and took two fish and five loaves of bread? You mean to tell me you know about this God that put the degrees in the sun and gave it the right amount of luminance? You mean to tell you you know about this God that put created gravity and gave the earth a specific orbit and you don't know if you can trust him? I said my God what sense does that make? Why would I go to a place week after week, and when it comes time, and God finally speaks to me, I say, "I don't know, God, if I can trust you." I said, "What?" Now I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, and he was—they were like getting on me, like, "Why would you? Why would you do this? Everything's going good here." I said, it's going good. But what about God? What if, y'all, what if, what if God calls you to step out on faith? What if you had a plan for your life, your parents had a plan for your life, and you have your career, you have your major, you have this thing, you have everything, but God starts doing something on the inside of you that you can't quite put your finger on, you can't quite explain it and you know but every time you hear the word, every time you open up the Bible, every time you're in Bible study or the, with the saints, it's like God keeps pressing the same thing on you and what what just bothers me is that people have those moments and they leave and they never experience God move in their lives. I said, what's the use of having a God of the universe that holds it all in the palm of his hand and we play it safe? Like, y'all, I I want, look here, I want everything. Like, I want everything God has for me. Like, everything. I don't want to get to heaven and be like, man, if you just would have asked one more time, like, you you didn't knock long enough. You didn't trust me. You were too scared. You let fear override your faith. And I realize most of us are scared of fear. Most of us are scared of looking foolish. Most of us are scared more about what other people might say or think of us more than we are concerned about actually following after God and trusting God in the midst of every situation, no matter what. And when I was sitting there in that restaurant, he was a preacher. I said, you telling people about God, you don't even believe this stuff you're selling. I said, it's like a fake gangster rap. man, you live in the, you the birds. You're not from the hood. You don't know my God. Because how could you say you know this God and you're going to live your life playing it safe, or you're crippled by disappointment, you're crippled by what other people say, and you never experience it. And I made a decision in that moment. I said, God, if you call me to it, I'm going to do it. And they're like, well, where are you going? I said, I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. And then I read the story of Abraham, how God told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to go to a place I'm going to show you. I said, my goodness. So you mean tell me that God, and this was before we had um, GPS on our phones. This was like back in the day we actually had paper maps. Like, in no lie, and this whole, I'm off subject here. About three, five, five years ago we were on the road and we were driving to Atlanta and I saw a couple next to us on the highway with a paper map. I said, oh my goodness. I said, they need a smartphone. phone. But anyway, um. I said, I want to be in the place where God is going to show me. And that should be a principle that we live our lives about. And most of us, we're, we're scared of failure. We're scared of looking silly. Um, we're scared that it's not going to work out. We don't necessarily trust God. We don't believe him. And my thing is, so what? So what if I fail? So what if it doesn't work out the way That I want it to work out. So what if God takes my plan. And balls it up. And throws it away. So what if I get there. And things don't look like. I think they should look. I said. God. If you're calling me to it. I'm going to do it. And that's why I love Peter. Because Peter. Good. Bad. Indifferent. Ugly. Peter. Always. He just. He was like, a lot of people talk bad about Peter. Um, but Peter was bold. He Yeah, he, he ran and he was scared. But it's something about when he was in that boat. And in that moment, the storm was raging. And the disciples, that were rowing in the middle. And Jesus was on the mountaintop watching them down. In, in the sea and watching them struggle and, and knowing that he told them to go to the other side. And when, when Jesus came walking on the water that evening, that night, the Bible says that Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And how many times has God spoken to us and wanted us to move on faith, but we sit still paralyzed by fear? Paralyzed by disappointment. And and, and this is the thing, you all. I believe that God will disrupt our lives in the areas that we're good at. Peter was a fisherman. Peter knew how to weather a storm. Peter knew about being on the water at at hard times. Jesus says, all right, Peter, you bad. Come on. He said, And see, and this, now this is the scary thing about God. They give you an invitation. They say, if you truly want to follow me, if you truly want to live a life by faith, a lifestyle of faith, come on. And Peter, in that moment, he stepped out the boat. And everybody likes to talk about where he sank. He's saying, he's saying, when we get to heaven, there are only going to be two people with this testimony in heaven. I walked on water. That's Peter and Jesus. And I don't know about you all, but when I get to heaven, I want to be able to say, yeah, they talked about me. Yeah, I failed. But, Lord, I trusted you. That, God, it doesn't matter what I'm in. It doesn't matter where I come from. It doesn't matter what kind of disappointments or letdowns I've had, God. When you called my name, I trusted you. And do we do that? Like you all, y'all, man, I'm telling you, y'all going to graduate. You're going to get a good job. Perfectly, hopefully. Amen. You know, I know like, that's kind of the goal, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get something to pay the student loans off, make some money. I mean, that's kind of the goal. Um, now, I- I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. I used to be, I, I used to manage Walmart, Kentucky, um, Tennessee, Texas, and here. And I moved down here. I had a plan. I had my plan. I said, this is what we're going to do. Um, I said, yeah, I don't know how we do. I really didn't ask God. I said, God, here's my plan. I'm going to come back check on it. You just bless it. I'll come back and get the blessing. I knew immediately what God was telling me to do. And I had worked real hard to get to a point. We were making um, roughly $200,000 a year on my job. Um, God, it was a glorious time. It was such a blessing. And I felt something God saying, I need you to leave and trust me. We have five kids. My wife is a stay at home mother. I said, God, what do you mean leave this job and trust you and start a church? I said, God, they can't be can't be right. Um, By far, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. The the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And there were so many opportunities to quit and throw in the towel. And if I'm honest with you, I was failing. It was a complete disaster. Even to this day, after um, 11 years, we still don't have musicians. I are so happy there's drums up there, y'all. I mean, you're like, you don't understand. Y'all just take it for granted. We still don't have musicians to this day. And see this thing, I kind of went halfway in with God. I said, well, God, I'm gonna just do a little bit. I'm not gonna step, I'm gonna keep one foot in the boat and one foot on the water. The Lord said, No, I need you to get all the way in the water. And you all well, I committed to God. Just did some miraculous things. And what I'm saying to us this evening is that we've got to get to the place where we fully trust and commit to God. And many of you, you, you you, have disappointments, you have baggage, you have plans. And I believe that some of you already know some of the things that the Lord wants you to let go of or pursue, and you're wrestling with it right now. You might fail. But this is what I've determined. If I fail, I'm going to fail on the water. I'm going to fail going towards God. I know that there are going to be other people in the boat. I know that there are going to be other people that have opinions. I know that there's a past back here. I know that there are things I didn't do right. I know that my plans, that when I step out this boat, I have to leave things that I know. But Jesus is calling us on the water. And I don't want to be a Christian. that's only a Christian in theory, and I never practice my faith. I, I, I don't want my faith to be boiled down to just a bunch of do's and don'ts. I want to experience God. Like, I, I, I want to see them, if, if he can cause the sun to stand still, if he can drop a red sea, God, I need to see that hand in my life and that power right now. So I don't want to live scared. I don't want to live in fear. I want to trust God at His word. And so what I want to do for us this evening before we get out of here, um, you have a card in your seat. Um, jot down anything that God is doing in your life right now. Or maybe that's a decision that you're struggling with. Or maybe you know God is calling you to something and you might be kind of unsure. Or you might even be scared. And you just need somebody to pray with you. You need somebody to stand beside you in faith and encourage you in the right direction. Um, whatever it is, just write down on the back side of the reflections and um, on the front side here if um, if you've made a decision you say, you know what, it, I, I want to follow Jesus. I, I think I want to meet this God that that says he can do the impossible in my life. Uh, Maybe you know him already and you just want to recommit your life to Christ. Um, Might need to talk to someone one-on-one. You have the card right here. Um, Talk to someone about discipleship or just opportunities in the BCM. But whatever it is, this is all I say, y'all. Live your life on full. Just my mom used to have this saying, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out here, I'm going to get over today. My mom used to have this saying when we would go somewhere. She would look at me because I was a rambunctious kid, amen. My wife said I was bad, but I was just misunderstood. Um, and my mom, when we would pull up somewhere, she would say, look here, we're about to go in here, we're about to go in the store. She would say, act like you got some sense. Like you might not have any, but act like you got some sense. And all I'm saying, why don't we at least act like God is who he says he is. Act like he can move mountains. Act like he can part red seas. Act like he can work the miraculous. Act like he can answer our prayers. Act like he loves and forgives us. Act like he's our redeemer. Act like he's our creator and our savior. Let's just act like He. So that's all I want to leave you with. You all be blessed, and I'm gonna turn it over to Jay. Thank you, Jay.
1: As we continue on in this moment, as you're reflecting, I want to uh, read those verses that tie into what he was saying out of Matthew 14. Again, as reflecting, going, how's God speaking to you tonight? Matthew 14, verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well, into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea very early in the morning. What a sight that must have been. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. Climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. I get it. I would have said the same thing. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you a little faith. Why did you doubt? They got into the boat. The wind ceased. And then those in the boat worshiped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. You are the son of God. How's God speaking to you tonight? He's spoken through Pastor Q, through his word here tonight. You know, life is not a dress rehearsal. We don't get to do this again. And we don't want to live our life like we're trying to arrive safely at death. We want to live full and die empty. Believing that God is who he says he is and will do everything he says he will do. Amen?